0: is the 19th episode of kimchi slaps by your funny auntie where I tell you what slaps for the week today is June 1st which is Pride Month so happy Pride month starting today I think it's only right that I speak a little bit about Pride Month Um, just for those of you who might be a little unfamiliar it is the celebration of the LGBTQ communities sometimes People say LGBTQIA, which includes intersex and asexual groups. I'm pretty straight, married for, you know, over a decade, but I fully support all my friends in the Pride community. So if you are queer, I hope you can be proud in your identity and celebrate this month fully. As for me, I just got back from uh, Turks and Caicos. It was relaxing, but kind of exhausting because, um, we played a lot of tennis and this was actually like a tennis vacation business. So not completely relaxing. We're trying to launch, we're part of a group that's trying to get this business going where people, you know, are all there to tennis together and vacation together. And that's, that's the business. Um, I don't know. It felt different. It didn't feel like completely. Particularly because Adonis was busy. Tending to everybody's needs. So I didn't feel like it was purification. But still you know. What can I complain about when I'm in Turks and Caicos. It was was beautiful. And we were in Club Med. Which I always thought when I heard Club Med. I thought it was like a bougie resort. But turns out Club Med is more like a. used to be a heyday party ground, a resort where back in like the 70s, none of the doors locked so everybody could just weave in and out and it was like a party community and the term club is for more like clubbing. Every night they have some kind of theme to club too. I did not know this at all. Um So, you know, it wasn't like this um, elite resort which I mistakenly thought it was I I think I was thinking more like you know like a private club (laughs) I don't know I didn't know enough about it but I find it very fascinating and everybody like all the employees live and work there and they're playing constantly like different roles and I just thought it was really fascinating to watch them because one minute you see them bartending the next minute you see them performing on stage to entertain you it's just kind of wild and i don't doubt that sometime in the future there will be a club med expose because can you imagine a time where there were no door locks in where you were like residing and people could freely just walk in and out of your rooms i mean 70s i get it but like there's gotta be some shady shady stories there I just I am gonna look more into it. I feel like how did how did they must have gotten lawsuits at some point that couldn't have existed peacefully over time. And you know now it's all it's more um, regimented, I guess, like a more like a resort. So it's more like people tending to you, you know. But it is kind of different. It's different than a standard hotel. I did enjoy it I basically by the end of the trip I felt like I knew all the bartenders and I knew all the staff by their names and they ask you to also um, write like a good review on you and I guess it helps them promote to go to transfer to another resort it's like a total network thing anyways fascinating very fascinating but I am so glad to be home I am trying to get on a sleep schedule. It's been a little rough. I hate that I have trouble sleeping. And I have, like, the most annoying dreams. Whatever I'm thinking about, it just pops into my head as a dream. And then when I wake up, I can't figure out if it really happened or not. It takes me a minute. It's I, I hate it. I wish I had no dreams whatsoever because I just, I don't. I don't like feeling like I thought the whole time I was asleep, you know. Anyway, that's a whole different thing in itself. Um, I did last time kind of leave off in the middle of my reading. And I wanted to finish because I do want to get through this book. I'm really proud. I, I've talked about it greatly already, but I want to share with, it, with you in here. I finished Pachinko. Uh, if you haven't read that book. I highly recommend it, particularly if you're Korean-American or if you've had the immigrant life experience. It's so relatable, it's rich in history and the writing is heartbreakingly beautiful. I I cannot tell you how many times I cried, but it was a good cry, very um, cathartic. And there were moments in the book that you're just really caught off guard um, and it, it, it feels real, so real. And for someone like me, as a Korean-American whose parents immigrated and I immigrated myself, I felt so seen. And the book was, it, it had me feeling almost naked, like raw, with emotions. And by when I got done, I just sat there and cried because it, I I mean, I hate the word triggering, but it really opened up some some wounds I guess not in a bad way I think it was good to let it out there are times where I think, when am I gonna stop crying about this shit, I'm tired I don't want to cry anymore, but I have to accept these feelings when it comes, and I tell myself to be kind to myself, which is really hard for me because I'm very, I'm trying to shed the ways of being so self-critical. I think for a long time, I thought that it got me through life to be self-critical. Like, I mean, it's true, right? There's elements of it where it pushes you to get things done. But it comes with a cost. You have to balance these elements. And I, I think f- finally at fucking 40, I'm, I'm trying to be better about it and conscious of these choices I make. I don't know. I just, I, <laughs> it's exhausting though. I, I want to just be at peace. What's that like? i think i'll never know anyways um but i want to finish this chapter that i was in the middle of reading last time and i'm not gonna do the whole soothing reading thing because i think that's just not for me and you probably hated it um by the way let me know if you do listen to the podcast what you like what you uh think could be better listen this is not um high-quality setup or anything. I'm just literally talking into a mic. Um, I don't even listen to the episode after I'm done. Because
1: <laughs> I want it to be real, baby. I don't edit. I don't do
0: anything. Which probably uh, should be done for it to be better. But hey, you know what? You get what you get, all right? It, this is real, all right? This is the hard truth as it is so I'm gonna read all about love the chapter I didn't finish which was romance sweet love oh yeah I remember this chapter now it was very like I think I had to say sexual so many times oh I and I I was very aware of it because it was during a live I'm not doing a live now I'm just rec- uh, recording the podcast and I want to finish the chapter here we go the chapter we were in the middle of romance sweet love and we're picking up When our real self appears in its entirety, when the good behavior becomes too much to maintain or the masks are taken away, disappointment comes. All too often, individuals feel after the fact, when feelings are hurt and hearts are broken, that it was a case of mistaken identity, that the loved one is a stranger. They saw what they wanted to see rather than what was really there. True love is a different story. When it happens, individuals usually feel in touch with each other's core identity. Embarking on such a relationship is frightening precisely because we feel there is no place to hide. We are known. All the ecstasy that we feel emerges as this love nurtures us and challenges us to grow and transform. Describing true love, Eric Butterworth writes, True love is a peculiar kind of insight through which we see the wholeness which the person is. At the same time, totally accepting the level on which he now expresses himself without any delusion that the potential is a present reality. True love accepts the person who now is without qualifications, but with a sincere and unwavering commitment to help him to achieve his goals of self-unfoldment, which we may see better than he does. Most of the time, we think that love means just accepting the other person as they are. Who among us has not learned the hard way that we cannot change someone? mold them and make them into the ideal beloved we might want them to be. Yet, when we commit to true love, we are committed to being changed, to being acted upon by the beloved in a way that enables us to be more fully self-actualized. This commitment to change is chosen. It happens by mutual agreement. Again and again in conversations, the most common vision of true love I have heard shared was one that declared it to be unconditional. True love is unconditional, but to truly flourish, it requires an ongoing commitment to constructive struggle and change. Okay, pause. I have to tell you, I am actually going through this right now. Not with like Adonis, my actual, you know, life partner, but I kind of go through this with friends. I I think I fall in love real quickly with people. And then once that euphoria of like initial connection. Oh my gosh we have so much in common. I think all that you're doing is fascinating. Blah blah blah. Once that wears down. And then we get into the nitty gritty. You see the sides that you didn't initially see. And then it becomes you know when the honeymoon phase is over I'm having difficulty in a friendship and uh, I don't know I don't know how to navigate the space because particularly since I've been friends with this person for a really long time and I feel like I know them but they're going through some stuff and it's bringing out I think A lot of their insecurities more so than I've ever seen because the love life isn't there the career thing isn't there and I know I have to be patient and kind and supportive but at what point do you say you know what girl the fuck up I hate that I hate having to say that. I mean, it's, it's joy to be kid-like. However, you can't project your shit onto every non-issue to make it an issue. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm having trouble with. Uh I don't know. I want to be a good friend, but I also, am like kind of over it. Ugh, anyways. Um, and, and, this is where I'm at where I, the struggle is. Okay. I'm I want to be supportive. I'm here for you. But at the same time, if you keep doing the same shit, I'm going to say something as someone that fucking cares, right? I I I don't know, but it's just I I think the best thing to do personally for myself right now is to just give this person space. Let them figure it out. And that is actually a problem I do have within myself. Whenever I see a problem, I want to fix it. I want to address it. I want to confront it. I want to, you know. But that's not how everyone else operates. And and it's not my life. And I have to remember that. But it's fucking annoying. (laughs) When it gets into my space. And... Yeah. Long story short, I was trying to set this person up because someone asked me to set them up with this person and I thought, "Hey, that's a nice thing. What could be you know, so bad about it?" It was like a blind date setup request. I thought, "How flattering." I mean, I'd be flattered if someone asked to be blind set up with me if I was not in a relationship, obviously. But I guess that's not how everybody feels. And I just, I don't know. It, this person started asking me 21 fucking questions, and I was like, listen, it's not a big deal. Like, just go or don't go. Like, why does everything have to be such a theatrical, dramatic, life bending moment? Just, I, I'm at a point, I guess, I'm just like a yes person, kind of. Like, I'll give it a go. I'm always willing to give it a go. But I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they've been set up enough where they don't want it. I, I just... blah. Okay, let's just continue on reading. Maybe this book will give me the answer I need right now. The heartbeat of true love is the willingness to reflect on one's actions and to process and communicate this reflection with the loved one. As Wellwood puts it, two beings who have a soul connection want to engage in a full free-ranging dialogue and commune with each other as deeply as possible. Honesty and openness is always the foundation of insightful dialogue. Most of us have not been raised in homes where we have seen two deeply loving, grown folks talking together. We do not see this on television or at the movies. And how can any of us communicate with men who have been told all their lives that they should not express what they feel? Men who want to love, and do not know how much first comes to voice, must learn to let their spe- heart speak, and then to speak truth. Choosing to be fully honest, to reveal ourselves, is risky. The experience of true love gives us the courage to risk. As long as we are afraid to risk, we cannot know love, hence the truism. Love is letting go of fear. Our hearts connect with lots of folks in a lifetime, but most of us will go to our graves with no experience of true love. This is in no way tragic, as most of us run the other way when true love comes near. Since trust love, or sorry, since true love sheds light on those aspects of our lives we wish to deny or hide, enabling us to see ourselves clearly and without shame, it is not surprising that so many individuals who say they want to know love turn away when such love beckons. No matter how often we turn our minds and hearts away or how stubbornly we refuse to believe in its magic, true love exists. Everyone wants it, even those who claim to have given up hope. But not everyone is ready. True love appears only when our hearts are ready. A few years ago, I was sick and had one of those cancer scares where the doctor tells you if the tests are positive, you will not have long to live. Hearing his words, I lay there thinking I could not possibly die because I am not ready. I have not known true love. Right then, I committed myself to opening my heart. I was ready to receive such love and it came. This relationship did not last forever and that was difficult to face. All the romantic lore of our culture has told us when we find true love with a partner, it will continue. Yet this partnership lasts only if both parties remain committed to being loving. Not everyone can bear the weight of true love. Wounded hearts turn away from love because they do not want to do the work of healing necessary to sustain and nurture love. Many men especially often turn away from true love and choose relationships in which they can emotionally withholding when they feel like it but still receive love from someone else. Ultimately, they choose power over love. To know and keep true love, we have to be willing to surrender the will to power. When one knows a true love, the transformative force of that love lasts even when we no longer have the company of the person with whom we experience profound mutual care and growth. Thomas Merton writes, We discover our true selves in love. Many of us are not ready to accept and embrace our true selves, particularly when living with integrity alienates us from our familiar worlds. Often when we undergo a process of self-recovery for a time, we may find ourselves more alone. Writing about choosing solitude over company that does not nurture one's soul, Maya Angelou reminds us that it is never lonesome in Babylon. Fear of facing true love may actually lead some individuals to remain in situations of lack and unfulfillment. There, they are not alone they are not at risk. To love fully and deeply puts us at risk. When we love, we are changed utterly. Merton asserts, love affects more than our thinking and our behavior towards those we love. It transforms our entire life. Genuine love is a personal revolution. Love takes your ideas, your desires, and your actions and welds them together in one experience and one living reality, which is a new you. We often are in flight from the new you. Richard Bach's autobiographical... Sorry. Richard Bach's autobiographical... (laughs) love story, Illusions, describes both his flight from love and his return. Why did I have a hard time with that word? Autobiographical... feel like that's a mouthful autobiographical right that is okay anyways to return to love he had to be willing to sacrifice and surrender to let go of the fantasy of being someone with no sustained emotional needs to acknowledge his need to love and be loved we sacrifice our old selves in order to be changed by love and we surrender to the power of the new self love within the context of romantic bonding offers us the unique chance to be transformed in a welcoming celebratory atmosphere without falling in love we can recognize that moment of mysterious connection between our soul and that of another person as love's attempt to call us back to our true selves intensely connecting with another soul we are made bold and courageous using that fearless Will to bond and connect as a catalyst for choosing and committing ourselves to love We are able to truly and deeply to give and receive a love that lasts a love that is stronger than death Okay Does that give me any answers? I think so because I And trying to understand this person in their reality. They, this person that I'm talking about has like, I don't know. Spends a lot of time curating the look of feeling happy. And I think that's what's catching me off guard. Because if you are this happy-go-lucky person that you're trying to present shit shouldn't bother you so much and and that's so what they're trying to present of themselves is not lining up with you know and I know the reality because like I see the inner side that they don't show anybody else right And I think it's clashing for me and I want this person to live an authentic life. I, I, I mean, it's not like it came to that, but I'm realizing with this little situation we've got going on, I'm like, why? This shit shouldn't be so dramatic. And you're making it dramatic for what? Because they have insecurities, right? And. Those are not my insecurities. So but I know that this person has them. I don't, but because they spend so much of their time trying to act like they don't have these insecurities, I forget about it. Um anyways, I don't want trauma. <laughs> I am trying to live a peaceful life and I have that I think within my own because I feel like I'm, I'm living pretty authentically. Even though I'm on social media, you guys see me, you know, in my non put together face looking like a hot mess, I'm not afraid to say whatever's on my mind. Some people think that's brave, and it's not. I, mean, I, don't, I don't. For, for me personally, I don't see it as brave. Just shit comes out of my mouth because I'm tired. I'm, I'm at a point where I can't do the fake shit anymore. I, I, spent all my life doing it, trying to present myself a certain way so my parents would like me, so my extended family would accept me. So, and I just, it just broke. Like. It, 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 I don't even feel like I made the choice. I feel like my mental capacity just shut down, and just, you know what? I'm gonna have to go forward as I am because I can't. I don't have the capacity to put on an act anymore. I, I and I think whether I knew it or not, this version of myself is clashing with my friends choice and how they present themselves and that's I think what is really our situation but I don't know I'm I'm debating whether to just handle it by talking to them or letting them come to me because I did reach out already but I feel that I am getting kind of um, the cold shoulder which I'm not a fan of. I'm very much a person who's like, you know what? If you have a problem with me, you're gonna have to like deal with that. Um, but I don't know. But I'm also fucking fed up. Ah, <laughs> oh, this shit is life, man. I'm 40. I don't want to deal. I feel like this feels so petty too. And I just I'm fucking over it. I want to get it out of my system. So maybe I'll just call them up and be like, "Bitch, what the fuck is your problem?" i probably will do that that's usually what i end up doing anyway why not why the fuck wouldn't i do that (laughs) i'll let you know how it goes wish me luck because that's what i'm about to do right now and fucking squash this beef okay all right that's the kind of friend i am if you have a beef if you have some shit with me i'm gonna be wanna like you gotta tell me straight up what the fuck is the dealio Let's clear the fucking air. So, that's probably what I'm going to have to do. All right, wish me luck, my TikTok fam and podcast listeners. I highly doubt that you just listen to the podcast and not follow me on TikTok. I mean, probably TikTok is where you follow me and then you podcast came next right anyways i would love feedback so hit me up at ellen aquario that those are my socials for everything lots of love until next episode we're gonna be reaching 20 baby all right